All right, guys. Welcome back to Up in the Air. I'm Jake. I am Nick. All right. Today, Nick, we're going to talk about March Madness first and foremost. It's we got a, a lot to talk about. Today. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to start with March Madness. It's the biggest news in the sports world, arguably. It's that time of year. Everyone I love loves this it. tournament so much. It's It's been... It's truly... Def- the word madness could not define it better. It's been unreal this year. Yeah, it's it's terrific. So, the first thing we'll talk about is the biggest... I, I'd say it's probably the most chaotic and uh, the biggest upset is FAU and... Um, Kansas State. Yes. Marquise Noel's run ends with Kansas State, unfortunately. He had 30 and 12 in the game. I thought it was really weird that they passed up. He passed up the ball at the end there. I don't know. I didn't know you what didn't kind of tried. What, I didn't know what didn't kind of it? play he was trying. No, I yeah. saw oh, yeah. I, just, I didn't know what kind of play they were yeah, trying he, to Yeah, he just like dished. They didn't even get the shot off. FAU wins 79 76. Dusty May, the, the Owls are 35 and 3. They make it to the Final Four for the first time. They hadn't even won a tournament game. Right coming into this year. They now rattle off four impressive wins. They look really, really good. When they beat Alabama, there was a... They didn't play Alabama. Or whoever... We'll talk about them later. Yeah, yeah. You think it's San Diego State. I'm thinking San Diego State. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Um, but there was a graphic yeah. when Alabama lost yeah. that I want to talk about when we get there. Okay. But with FAU, yes. Yeah. Just an unreal performance this so, year. did you hear about Dusty May, his first day on the job? Did you hear about that today or read about that? I did not. So Enlighten ba- us. So, yeah. back in 2018, and I thought this was like, it's a it's a crazy story. This is something they'll make a movie about. Um, so, Florida Atlantic, um, he got hired. He took the job impulsively in 2018. Didn't, sure. like, take a visit. Didn't go look anything. He gets there. Within hours, he looks at the facilities, looks at everything, and he almost quit, like, on the spot. Which is like, I can't believe I do this. I did this. This is, like, career suicide. Why would I come here? Five years later, not even a full five years later, because this was the summer of 2018 or whatever, not even a five-full calendar year later, his team is 35-3 and three and in the Final Four. Damn! It's a, it's a really cool story. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I... I Briefly read a headline of an article and looked at it a little bit, uh-huh. kind of skimmed it. It's a it's a cool thing. These are the type of things that like March, it, like that matchup itself, like the whole Marquise Noel thing in Madison Square Garden and yeah. how well he yeah. played, and that that matchup itself really, um, I think it defines the tournament up to this point. That that region, that the whole you know Fairleigh Dickinson, Marquise Noel, just just the run that those teams have had. So shout out to the Owls, shout out to Coach Dusty May, which by the way. Sounds like a porn star name. It doesn't sound like a basketball coach. <laughs> I, 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 that definitely does not sound like someone that would be coaching a Final Four That team, sounds but, like a movie character. Yeah, but like, yeah. I wasn't thinking like what you were thinking. Uh, well, no, that's a movie. They're still movie stars. Just a little different. <laughs> oh, my God. Rip Marquise Noel. Yeah. What a, what a segue. Anyway, we're going to go on to UConn now. Yeah. Instead of talking about porn. Okay. UConn. Dating well, they've been day. playing basketball porn, if you think about it, Nick. They've just been... They, I mean, they've been railing the teams. Railing and dunking <laughs> it in there. They, so, what's his name? Anoba... A, a no, I don't even know his name. A, the, the UConn's best player, Sonoga. I don't know his first name. Oh. Adoma um, Sonoga or something like that. Charles Barkley calls him Sonoko. Uh, <laughs> the gas station. Uh, and then his cover-up was that uh, he fills it up, so that's why they call him that. Adama Sonogo. Adama Sonogo, thank you. Yes. So, I mean, he's been dominant. I mean, they Gonzaga was never in it at all. UConn is they've won four games in this tournament, just as everyone has. It's gotten to the final four. Right. They've outscored their opponents by ninety points in those four games, which is just an ass. Gonzaga did not look like. Well, they didn't look. I mean, like they They, didn't look. They had that buzzer beater. Yeah. For the Sweet Sixteen. Right. But they didn't look normal going into that game, let alone this Elite Eight game. No, UConn has looked. By far, UConn has looked superior. UConn, UConn looks like they have been the best looking team in this tournament. Like by far, they're outside of like the first half against Iona, they've mm-hmm. been dominant nonstop throughout. Yeah, they just especially the last two games. Yes, they dominated um, Arkansas, never even a question. They dominated Gonzaga, never even a question. Danny Hurley's got the boys buzzing. Um, I, I'm not a huge UConn fan, but going back to the Big East days, but it's it's been a while since they've been relevant in college basketball, like really, truly relevant. Yeah. And some of the most incredible March madness and March runs have come from the UConn Huskies. And also, they're the most, they're like the most successful program of the last 25 years. Really? They have the most national championships since 1999. Huh. UNC has three, Duke has three, UConn has four. No So this would be their fifth since 1999. Bro. So, I mean, they put together, it's impressive what they've done. I would say they're, I don't know the exact odds. I haven't looked at any sports book about it, but I'd say they're the odds-on favorite. And I, at, 
I would be shocked if anyone else won the national championship. Just just from what we've seen and what we've watched, obviously this tournament's been absolutely insane. Yeah. I thought Texas would win. I thought great. Like there was a lot of things I thought would happen that didn't. We thought Bama was going to stomp San Diego State. They did not. They did not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see this matchup between UConn and Miami. I think it's going to be the better of the two compared to San Diego State and FAU. Either San Diego State or Florida Atlantic is going to be playing for a national championship. Right. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Mountain West, it. and I don't even... Conference USA, I think, is where Florida Conference, Atlantic plays for. Yeah, Conference USA. Yeah. yeah. yeah One of those teams right. is going to have a team in the national championship. My buddy James Mitchell would know. James, if you're listening, shout out to you, my friend. Um, he would know where that conference is. I don't want to shout you out, James. I don't know you. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shout him out, and I just did. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm really intrigued by all of these matchups, both of them, I should say. But UConn-Miami, I think, is going to be electric. Shout out to Coach L, Jim Laranega. Took um, George Mason to the Sweet Six to the Final Four back in 2006. Like their first real, real. I believe they were the first double digit seed to make it that far. Yeah, they that was the first true like underdog um, Cinderella story yeah. that came through the NCAA, and he does it again. I'd say he's a borderline Hall of Famer at this point. Just, I mean, he's turned programs around that have no basketball history and made them relevant. Well, yeah. George Mason hasn't been relevant George since, Mason I guess. Hasn't but, been relevant. but I mean, he's done oh. things that only a handful of people. I mean, making two Final Fours is a big deal. He's won a lot of games. Mm-hmm. He's also just awesome. Him dancing in the locker rooms afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did not expect him to beat Texas the way they did. Right. Also, a random, random tidbit about Texas after this: Rodney Terry is allegedly signing a five-year extension with it's them. It's already happened. Oh, it did yeah, become it's official. A, it's official. Now. I was going to say That's, something about it. Rodney Terry is officially. The Texas head Which football is coach. Awesome. He had to sign basketball. a five year deal. Basketball. <laughs> Long day. Deal with it, Sark. Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it, Sarkeesian. But it's um it's well deserved. Those yeah. guys seem to love him and he was tearing up at the podium afterwards. Yeah. Just us oh, speaking of, we gotta go back to Kansas State talk about your own tank. But yeah. Rodney Terry tearing up afterwards, just like I'm gonna miss his team. I love these guys. I'm gonna be at their weddings, I'm gonna be there for their kids. Like I'm never gonna forget. Rodney these guys. Terry I love took these guys this team their from such a controversy with their with their past coach earlier what this season. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Assault. Continue. It was it was bad. Yeah, yeah not good. And he still got hired anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mississippi. So Roddy Terry took that team from that controversy and that that it flipped that, it around. That yeah, struggle. Yeah. It just completely flipped around their season where they made the Elite Eight. Yeah, and I mean they were a couple possessions away from the Final Four, and, and Elite Eight is a big deal. Texas hasn't been there since two thousand eight, right? And they had Kevin Durant in two thousand eight, yeah. so it's literally like that was Katie the last King. the last time they were there is when they had no. Katie got drafted in two thousand seven, didn't he? No, uh, Supersonics. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it wasn't two thousand eight. It wasn't but KD. That's still when Texas was like in their heyday and they were getting NBA caliber players. It's been a long time since Texas has been there. It's been a while. I think it was DJ Augustine two thousand eight. I think you might be right, but um. Yeah, I mean, Rodney Terry did a terrific job, and I'm excited to watch Miami play UConn. Isaiah Wong's been fantastic. I mean, they have guards out the wazoo. They're yeah. they're <laughs> they're a talented team, and they play hard. Yeah. Um, ACC's back. ACC basketball. Big Ten is who? no longer being carried by Duke. Yep. Or anyone else. No. So, and then the last team was San Diego State, which. You wanted to talk about well before we get there. Let's go back to Jerome Tang because we missed this. Mm-hmm. After Florida Atlantic defeated Kansas State, Jerome Tang. I mean, first he off he's like clapping and shouting and like all positive vibes as his team's coming back in the locker room. Like we have nothing to be ashamed of. We have nothing to be ashamed of. And then he goes into the FAU locker room and was like, "I'm so proud of you. You guys play together. I can't believe how well you play together. You." Like, we're rooting for you. You guys are the toughest guys we've played all year. Great job. Keep it up. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just – that's that's something you don't see a whole lot of. And it, something like that is what make college, makes college basketball so awesome. What makes it so intriguing – and I, I'm guilty of not watching enough of it during oh, the regular season. Yeah. And even – I mean, this tournament, the exception to the rule. Yeah. You know, it's kind of necessary. If you like sports in general, yeah. just the the feeling and the messaging you, you get out of these tournaments. Yep. You know, this one, it just, I mean, it's the most recent, right? So we have to take that into account. But it feels like there's just more good things to talk about out of this tournament. Marquise Noel just played four basketball games, and this isn't the first time he's played four basketball games in two weeks. 
Yeah. But these four basketball games changed his life uh-huh. and changed Kansas State fans' lives. And it's, he, there's someone that we'll remember forever. We right. don't forget Jimmer. Right? We when, don't was forget. The la- when was the last time you thought about Brian Dutcher? I don't know who that is. The San Diego State head coach. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't even know. Exactly. He's going to be the oldest head coach to coach in a Final Four game. How? He's, he's older than Laranega? He's 63. He's one of the oldest coaches. I was going to say, Laranega is like 73. Well, okay. Take it up with Twitter, Jake. Okay. Twitter was wrong. Okay. Verified <laughs> sources on Twitter, Jake. That's weird. Take it up with them. Okay, I will. All right? I, I better see it right now. I will start all the beef. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start it on the Up in the Air Twitter account, say, Up Air Podcast. Bayheim's 78, and he coached in the Final Four like eight years ago. Okay. Okay. Forget I said anything, Jake. Okay. God damn it. Okay. I'm fact-checking you. God. Well, anyway. This is what I'm here for. This is anyways, what... he's old. <laughs> Get to the point. He's older than all the other coaches. No, he's not older than Laranega. <laughs> Where am I getting this stuff from? I don't then. know. Right, we're going to move on then. Laranega it's pissing 70, me off. Laranega 73. <laughs> it's pissing me off. We're going to talk about something else. Brian Dutcher, more like Brian Douchebag, am I right? <laughs> You're a freaking douchebag. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> oh, I've seen this guy before. What a beautiful man. Okay, continue, Nick. No, you you continue, Jake. You got me all riled up I'm for sorry. nothing. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> we could talk about how there's no one, two, or three seed in here. Yeah, or how this is the first Mountain West team to ever make the ter- the Final Four after like just two weeks ago. We were talking about how they hadn't won a game in like four tournaments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See what see what this does, everyone. March yeah. Madness brings out the true madness in even Blair people. Nick is ten years older than him. Even people like me. All right, <laughs> I was trying to do a good thing for great. the San Diego coach. No, but I'm gonna go fuck myself. Yeah, I don't even know if he's older than he might not even be older than Danny Hurley. Who knows? Maybe, maybe <laughs> probably not. not. In this case, probably not. This guy's name is Dusty. There's no way he's younger than someone named Brian, right? <laughs> fuck me, then, I guess I don't know. God damn it. <laughs> so, oh wait, Dusty makes forty six. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right, we're just gonna check all their all their ages now. Uh huh. Oh Danny Hurley. Dan, nope, that's Dan. We want we want Dan Hurley. Danny Hurley's his son. Dan Great Hurley. podcasting. Dan Hurley's fifty. Okay, Brian Dutcher confirmed much older than the other two. God. Okay. <laughs> so after that great segment, um, that was it's gonna be a great final four. Oh my God. It's the most random final four we've ever seen. But we talked. I mean, it, not necessarily us, but it's been talked about all year how this is the amount of parity in college basketball. The blue bloods were down. The number one team lost more than any other team, any any other time right. ever. I mean, like look, it was the most at, chaotic regular season. Look at the four. Look, look at the final four last year. Right? Yeah, Kansas, who eventually won the national championship. Duke, UNC, which if it feels like they Barf. always are there, Barf, and then Villanova, mm-hmm. who has also been a previous champion. Now think about years. it, Nick. How many of those coaches are still coaching those teams? One, oh wait, two. Hubert two. Davis. Yeah, two. But he had Roy Williams recruiting class. Yeah, hold on. yeah, yeah. And Caleb look, look how that turned out. Yep. Bye bye, Coach K. Bye bye, Coach J. Yeah, pretty much. It makes sense. So, so I mean, I mean, the transfer portal, and just in general, the transfer portal is creating a new landscape in college basketball, and I think this will become more normal. Maybe not this much chaos. I wonder but what the, teams, the changing of the guards. Like we talked a little bit about in previous episodes, how like there's that couple year gap of yeah. teams transitioning from D two to D one. Yeah. They can't be in this tournament. Yeah. There's some really good teams Very that good are teams. locked out of this tournament yep. right now. Yep. That in a couple years might be who we're talking about. We're starting to see mid mid major conferences have the ability to have two teams in the tournament too. Like Florida right. Atlantic would have made it whether they won the conference or not. Yes. And would have gotten a solid seed whether they won the conference or not. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see more of that where the parity spreading out. The NIL is doing it. It's terrific. It, it's great. It's great for college basketball. It is. I agree. I like seeing I mean, obviously, it makes sense that yep. you know, there might be a one seed in yep. there or two, but this year there's no one, two, or three. No, I don't think it'll be this chaotic every year. I but don't think so either. There's San Diego State, FAU, and Miami have never been to a Final Four. This is the first time since 1970 that there's three teams that have never been to a Final Four in the This national Four. championship could be fought over between Miami and Florida Atlantic University. Can yeah. you imagine the state? Yeah, you think Florida's going to care? Can you imagine the state of Florida? I can. It's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll think about it like this. UConn versus San Diego State. That would be crazy. That would be nuts. Yeah. UConn versus FAU. I mean, at this point, the fact that San Diego State or 
Florida Atlantic is playing for national championship. One of those insane. two teams are going to be in the national championship. It's like as weird as Texas Tech making the national championship a couple years ago. Yeah. That was weird. It's the same thing. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll, we'll transition here to the women's bracket just for a second. Kaylin Clark is who we thought she was. She had the first ever 30-point triple-double, and then like literally the next possession was like, now you have the first 40-point triple-double. Nah, I'm going I'm to stun on these hoes. I'm okay. going to make it 40 points. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she had 39 points when she got the 30-point triple-double. It's funny. Yeah. She, I mean, she's carried them all year. And this is only the second time I think Iowa's made the Final Four. I think the other one was 1993. Um, Ohio State beat UConn. Yeah. Which is the first time UConn's failed to make the Final Four since like 2008 or some crazy shit like that. It's it been like ends, 16 or 17 years. It ends years. like a 160 like something streak of where like their head coach was yeah. not in the Elite Eight. No matter where he's coached or whatever he's been in. Like assistant. Yeah, Gino Ariema? Yeah. 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 Like either as like an assistant. It ends like a, soup, a stupid, yeah. stupidly long streak yeah. of him not being in the Elite Eight. Yeah. LSU's back to the... Final Four for the first time. I think it was like 15 years or something crazy like that. I gotta sneeze. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, Jake. God bless it, thou child. Oh. Um, so, LSU's back. Kim, Mul- Kim Mulkey's their coach now, the former Baylor coach. I didn't realize that. She's a queen. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Angel Reese had her 32nd triple double. She averages like 24 and 15. Yeah. She also had a six That was a great shit. game. It was, LSU yeah. versus Miami. Yeah. That was very entertaining. Shout I'm, out to Cavender Twins. I'm kind of glad they lost. Who, Miami? Yeah. Why? Because of the Cavender Twins. You don't want to keep. I, I, would, I would keep watching them play basketball. You and I have very different thoughts. <laughs> I know nothing about them, honestly, other than, <laughs> other than what they look like, and that they kind of are famous on TikTok. I, they, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, that's just that's they're a business women, Nick. They are, they are staunch business women who are making a name for themselves, and you have to respect that. Yes, Queen. So I mean, yeah, the march has been very crazy so far. We still have a couple of women's Final Fours games happening as we we're recording this on right. Monday night. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that next week a little bit after that plays out. Correct. Um. One, we, let's touch on, uh, we forgot about the Creighton and San Diego State foul. Rip Creighton. Yeah, Rip Creighton. Oh, uh, so our dreams sad. have been demolished. I had Creighton in Texas my national championship. I swear <laughs> to God, I'll post it. It's not a joke. <laughs> I was like, none of this is working out because I had like Marquette and I think I picked TCU as my other, like I picked the most random teams. <laughs> I was crazy. like, this year's crazy. Who cares? I love it. And Well, I picked Ohio State for the women. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. That might actually happen. Yeah. I, I picked uh, South Carolina. Oh. I'm well, a basic I mean, bitch. That's a basic. Yeah. That's a basic pick. Um, but yeah, so crazy times. Crazy uh, Creighton times. fans, you can complain about this till the end of time, but a foul is a foul. Um, yeah. The fact that he only had to make one free throw is probably the most annoying part, but it's tough. It's just like the timing of everything. Yeah. But like if that happened at the beginning of the game, beginning of the game yeah. that would have been called regardless. Yeah. So it being called at the end there, you hate to see it. But it does, it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's just yeah. I mean, it's it's just unfortunate. It's kind of like the Super Bowl. It's like, was it the right call? Yes. Should the game have ended that way? No, because no, it sucks for viewing purposes. But right. But that's uh, that's how it goes. You, I mean, if you if the refs are trying to be hear hear me out, Creighton, get good. They were pretty good this year. But like, get better and don't get foul. better and don't foul at the end. Of and the game. don't have your best player be named Cockbrenner. <laughs> They're just not going to work out. You'll have to take that up with Craig. Yeah, it's just not going to work out. Um, So we'll move on to baseball now, Nick. We're going to talk about baseball because that kicks up this week, Jake. And we're big-time seam heads. After after this episode airs, the following Thursday, or this coming Thursday, is opening day. March 30th. March. Which, for the first time ever... All teams are playing on opening day. I love it. It's fantastic. I love it so much. There, there's random ass matchups. The Yankees are playing the Giants. Like every, uh-huh. there's interleague stuff. I, this year, I believe everyone plays everyone for a series. MLB right? They started that this year. Opening day schedule. I'm gonna go run through this real quick. This year they started it where you have to play every team. You have to. You're, there's yeah. a series against every team. Literally last year, the Mets played the Phillies for an entire month, and then they didn't see them again until September. I think it's great for baseball and great for. I mean, you see that, for example, those teams, you play in bad divisions. Let's say the, the the AL West the last several years. I think this year, I mean, it's gotten better with uh, Seattle, and I think the um, the Rangers have gotten better. But in general, the last four or five years, the AL West has been pretty much a dumpster fire outside of Houston. Mm-hmm. And they just play them 19 times. They just play the A's 19 times, and they cut back on that. They make them play other good teams from other um, divisions, and it's such a global game. Baseball needed to do it. 
Right. It was the only sport where you didn't have to travel across the country to play people. Right. So the first the first game officially yeah. on the MLB website, I'm pretty sure this is just due to alphabetical reasons, Atlanta yeah. starts in Washington. Which, that makes sense. Which is, you know... Uh, but there there is some cool opening day line. I mean, there's some classic San Francisco ones. Giants are at Yankee Stadium. Which is going to be really cool. because I mean, The think Mets about, are in Miami. The Giants used to be in New York, Nick. Yeah. Like, it's a cool... That's a, that's That, that was fans, a rivalry. Correct me or not, Willie Mays played in New York. He did. Right. It was an actual rivalry. Yes. There's the New people, York Giants versus the New York Yankees. Our grandfathers remember... It, it's bringing baseball back. Right, my this grandfather grew up. So my grandfather had yeah. a brother and a sister. My grandfather and the sister were both Giants fans, yeah. New York Giants. And then when they went to San Francisco, they became Mets fans. Yep. And then my uncle, yep. who would be my great uncle, his brother followed the Dodgers in Brooklyn. And Brooklyn, when right. they moved to Los Angeles, he kept up with them. Right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of history, like older baseball history in New York that is just I mean, that rivalry isn't talked about a lot because they don't get to play each other yep. as nearly as much as the Giants and Dodgers. But it used to which be a big like, deal. Yeah. And even know. Yankees Dodgers used to be a big deal. And oh, now yeah. they're gonna play each other again. And now they're gonna play and each other. And it's good for baseball. Those are the two biggest teams in baseball, I think, without a doubt. It is. I want the Mets to see Jacob DeGrand this year. Yeah. Which will be fun. Yeah, that will, and that's the other thing. These players leave, and then they never get a chance there's, to come back. There are some games where they're out of you know division, like Detroit yeah. in Tampa Bay. That's a weird one. Um, they would play see, each other anyways. Uh, uh, Toronto in St. Louis. Like, that never happens. That, sh- that, would, never, that would never happen. Uh, the Come White out. Sox open up in Houston the Abreu Revenge Series already. I forgot he signed with the Astros. Like, 100% didn't realize it. I was scrolling through yeah, fantasy they, stuff they, the other they, day, and I was like, Jose Abreu, Houston? Wait a second. That's Cleveland? Not cool. In Seattle. Weird. Weird. Kind of sounds like a playoff game, to be yep. honest with you, but I don't no. know. I think this also primes MLB for possible expansion, but that's a different conversation. That's a like, that's a big conversation yep. for another day that um, you and I both agree on. Yeah. It needs to happen, I think. So, uh, main takes uh, opening day. The first thing I want to talk about is all the young guys. A lot of people being brought up this year. I mean... So we they I think they instituted this last year right where you get a draft pick if you finish first or second in the the new of the year. CBA that was signed last yeah. year allows for younger players to have less or excuse me they to allow them to have more flexibility from when they get to be brought up because before it used to be they had a they like the, the the owners of the MLB teams yeah. would it would be less valuable to bring up your hot yeah prospects. they would manipulate the service time where they'd have more time in arbitration. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they they put in they instituted that draft pick rule where if you obviously the more you play, the more likely you are to win Rookie of the Year. So yeah. it's more that's more incentive for players to get called up. So there's three in, in specifically that came in mind. First, Jordan Walker, yeah. who's number four overall prospect according to MLB.com. Um, they put the video out of him being told he's making the big league roster. He's never even been above Double A. That's yeah. a really cool thing. He can play third and outfield, so he's gonna play a lot for the Cardinals. Uh, personally. Uh, Anthony Volpe, or as uh, Justin called him, Anthony Volope. Anthony Volope. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a like cantaloupe. Yeah. Yeah. There's also an extra O in his name. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so Anthony Volpe gets a call for the for the Yankees. Um, fun fact. I mean, this is just kind of like a weird fact that people just dig up just because he's 21 years old. He's from New Jersey. And he's going to be the starting shortstop for the Yankees at 21, batting ninth, opening day. Who does that sound like, Jake? Sounds like Derek Jeter in 1996. Sounds a lot like Derek Jeter. Like two. Except he's not from New Jersey. He grew up in Michigan. That's not the point, though. But someone else was like, it's from. Yeah. Everything else just sounds. No, no, yeah. It's very similar. It's his favorite player growing up. It's just a cool. The fact that he's a New Jersey kid and he he deserves it. He he outplayed Perez. He outplayed Kiner Falefa. I'm very glad that the Yankees. I'm glad did the, the right thing. are kind of coming to the realization that the IKF experiment just isn't working. He's not a shortstop. You, you want him, you want him and LeMahieu to play platoon, all for it. Yep. IKF is a great person to have defensively, but even he's kind of sucked at shortstop defensively. He did not year. do well last year. No, but he's he's a good person that can play a bunch of different positions that right. you can uh, deploy out there, which a lot of teams are finding these days. But Volpe is an everyday shortstop. He's an average defender, I'd say. His arm isn't the strongest, but. He's not the only one that has the weakest arm ever that's going to be playing shortstop. Right. I mean, speaking of prospects, yeah. he's not a prospect. Tim yeah. LaCastro. Yeah. Got Ithaca legend. Yeah. Ithaca legend, Auburn, New York native, mm-hmm. which is really close to us. He got – he's he's on the Mets. Oh, he is? Yeah. He got to play for both our teams. He got to play both Timmy L. for both New York teams. Yeah. And I met his dad. So they – One time. Did, oh, yeah. At Max. At Max. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember that story. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he got assigned to the Mets major league roster today. Mm-hmm. And That's rip, awesome. Rip the Darren Ruff experiment. <laughs> we, I loved him, LeCastro. Yeah, he's a. I'd say he's below average hitter, but he's so fast and he he's feels so well, and he's just. I think Buck just can find ways to. Buck use Showalter's him. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love Buck. Yeah, I think Buck can find ways to use him. Just the Mets are going to be fun, Nick. And I think I think the Yankees are going to be fun too if they can get their rotation together. The, uh, they that have three rotation of their looks like in shambles. Uh, they're starting. You ever heard of Yanni Brito? No, me neither. He'll be their fifth starter this okay. year. Clark Schmidt will be starting the second game, and after that, we don't know. There's Yanni Brito, Domingo Herman. What hap- What happened? Uh, well, so Nestor's also so Rod. I don't know what Rodon hurt, but he's out for the first month at least, if not a few weeks after that. Cool. Montaz Montaz is on the shelf for most, at least the first half of the season. Awesome. Sevy just suffered a lat strain last week, and he's not going to throw again until he's pain free. Which knowing Sevy could be twenty thirty five. Proud of him. Um, and then Nestor didn't play in the World Baseball Classic, and it's just starting to get some innings back in him because he had a hamstring thing. So he's not going to start till Game Five. That's, so they're down. That's awesome. Three dude. of their five Love starters. That. I don't like Herman. I don't trust him. Clark oh. Schmidt's looked all right, so I, and he's pitched enough where I think he'll be okay. Yeah, they might have to do a Michael King starter throw three four innings, something like that. Just like an opener sort of. Yeah, thing. like an opener type of thing. Yeah. But I, I mean, their bullpen isn't really in the greatest shape either. I, it worries me, and this is what worries me every year. Um, but I think New York's looking good, Nick. I think, I think that the. Um, AL West is getting better. I think the Rangers got better. The AL West is... The Mariners are fun. I mean, like, the Rangers... legitimately the Ra- fun. Going back to the Rangers real yeah. quick. They looked like they got better last year, too. And look what happened. Well, Simeon didn't play well. They had no pitching last year. Let's Simeon, let's throw that out Simeon there. Simeon didn't play well last year. Until the year, second half. He, he tore it up Seager in the second half. did not play well in the first two months of the... Two- they both stunk in the beginning. Right. And got better. And well, you have no pitching. And you add Jacob deGrom, yep. of course. And, and, and a few other notable free agents. Nathan Nivaldi. Nathan Nivaldi. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're helping your team, mm-hmm. but you still have Houston to deal with. Correct, Seattle. And but you also add Jacob Degrom, who, from personal experience here, yep. you don't really know no. what's going to happen with him. No, but he could have the best month of his life. Yeah, but he has really. I mean, he's obviously pitched in various ballparks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, he, he how how. I wish like there was a website you could look up like just random baseball yeah, stats yeah, yeah. comparatively to other baseball players. Yep. Like I wonder how many other aces go and join up another team and had like major success. Like uh, Randy Johnson comes to mind as yep. someone who sounds like he could do that. Who, you know, could Jacob Degrom do that for the Rangers? Maybe, but that division is also starting to load up again. Nowhere near what happened with the NL East this offseason. Correct. But. You know that the AL West. I mean, it's been Houston's for. But I, pretty they much. also have, they also have Martin Perez. Yeah, who okay. was who was an All Star last year, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, Adolis Garcia has been very good. He doesn't get on base much, but he doesn't. But he hit bombs. Yep. Um, Nathaniel Lau hit like three oh, yeah. three ten yeah. last year. They're, who's their, their catcher is also pretty good. Too. Oh, Jonah Heim. Yes, Jonah Heim. Jonah Heim, which just sounds like a sound someone in Germany would make. Yeah. But yeah, I mean he's. They're they're gonna be solid, Nick. I don't I don't think they're gonna. That, I'm just thinking of the AL teams that like could make a push at the end because I, I think I, the AL Central is a shit honestly, show. I, I think, still think the Manor the Mariners are better than them. Oh, without the a doubt, the Mar- But there's three wild card teams now. There are. So I I don't think. But you also have to look at the AL East. You know that could take up two theoretically the Rays. Theoretically, but I think the Rangers can be just as good as the Rays and the, Orioles. The Rays, uh, the 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 Blue Jays. Yep, can't forget about them. The no, Yankees. correct. The Blue Blue Jays, Yankees. There are three the AL teams. Central. There are three teams in the AL East who are wildly better than the bottom four teams in the AL West. I, I think wouldn't. So. I wouldn't say the Rays are wildly better. Okay. Blue Jays and Yankees, sure. Right. And I don't even know if either of them are wildly better than the Mariners. The Mariners. The Mariners are very talented. They are yes, and they have a their bullpen is absolutely insane. Which we've learned in today's game is extremely important. You need um, a good bullpen. Yeah, right. and also there's, I mean, their pitching staff is also very solid. They're start uh, just throughout, and they have. A I lot just of hope ball. they can repeat their success. Their I success. hope so too. It's fun yeah, to see them good. Um, it's been a, it's been a long time. Because what happened with them last year is mm-hmm. they played right at the correct time. Correct. Which, you know, it's hard to do that year after year. Yeah. You know, you might have a really successful season, start the next one off just wicked hot. Right. 
like how the Mets did in 2016. They got in 2015. True. They played good. Yep. At the right time, made it all the way through the playoffs, and got to the World Series and lost. Right. The year after, they started 2016 just brilliantly. Yep. But then they tanked in June and could never recover. That's true. So, you know, it's just... Baseball is one of those games where obviously anything can happen. Yep. But you also aren't able to notice trends for teams that... I just... I think the Rangers, if remaining healthy, can make a Mariners-esque push. Yeah. Based on the additions they've had. Mm-hmm. I don't... Not saying they're going to win anything particularly, or that they're one of the five best teams in the AL. But if we're just talking about who's improved... Because the AL Central is kind of boring. The AL Central. The White Sox, the, the White Guardians. The Sox need to do something. The White Sox, the Guardians, the, the if, Twins. It if could the be Twins any of them. can stay healthy, that's also a pretty good team. Yeah. yeah. You know, Byron Buxton, when he's healthy, is one of the best players in the league. He's awesome. So, but here's here's the projected. Uh, so, Simeon, Seager, Lau, Garcia, Josh Jung, Jonah Heim, Robbie Grossman. Okay. Uh, Brad Miller is the DH, Bubba Thompson. They also have Mitch Garver. So, I mean, they have Travis Janikowski. Remember? I remember. Um, and I then, remember. I remember. And they also have their their rotation ends with John Gray and Andrew Haney. Also, pretty good pitch. So I mean, I mean, right. Degrom, Evaldi, Perez, Gray, and Haney is extremely they just solid. And they the still trucks. they still have Oda Rizzi too. He's just on the IL. Uh-huh. And Dane Dunning, who's been there for a little bit. So it, their pitching staff goes a little deep. It's just I, I'm just trying to think of the teams that have made a significant difference. I think I don't think there's really too many other. The AL is pretty much set in stone after that, I would say. Right. The top five teams in the AL are going to be... They're going to be the same ones Houston, that were Houston, Seattle, last... whoever wins the AL Central. That'll be up in the air. Right. <laughs> Yankees, Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Red AL... Sox are a shit show. AL Central, I could easily see it being Cleveland again. Mm-hmm. That pitching staff is nuts. They're insane, And, yeah. I mean, their offense goes through Ramirez, mm-hmm. but... I mean, that's you. If you have one of those players, the rest of your offense. Like but it's Stephen, not, it, it's I'm not, a part of the Stephen Kwan fan club. Ah, uh, same. I like Stephen Kwan. Yeah, he hit the Kwan. He hit the Kwan. He hit a couple of Kwans last he did. year, like four. Yeah, but more than me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Jake, the NL, the the World Series goes for the NL East again. It's going to be an NL East team from the yeah. National I mean, League again, poor Marlins. Poor Marlins. We don't care about the Nationals. The Na- like, I mean, the Nationals. Poor Marlins. The Nationals Marlins. went from winning the World Series, having mm-hmm. a rookie Juan Soto, to now I can't even think of a person on that team. Even Nelson Cruz isn't even on that team anymore. That the whole Nelson Cruz experiment last year. He's a, he's a Padre now. Yeah. 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 Who? Oh, that's awful. Yeah. It'll be the NL East or the NL West. I mean, it's like the Padres. I the, think have a good shot of Padres, winning that division Dodgers. this year. It's right now the centrals are by far the weak spots. I mean, Gavin Lux going down. He provided so much utility for the Dodgers. True, very and true. And they did lose a bucket load of people. Trey Turner jumping across the country, going back to the NL East. Correct. And you know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, the Phillies made the World Series last year. Improbably, and got, improbably, but got better. They did. They still have arguably the best one-two starting rotation. Can you believe punch that the, the Phillies NFL? started with Joe Girardi last year? No, Joe Girardi's awful. Joe Girardi was the manager. Do you of that know why team. he won a World Series in 2009? Because they signed the four best players in free agency in he 2009. Didn't, he didn't do anything. No, in no, they were like, "Hey, we have we have a room full of Hall of Famers uh-huh. and the best pitcher on the planet right now." <laughs> and Jabba Chamberlain. Yeah, Joe, Joe Girardi. That's often overlooked. Joe Girardi started as a manager of that team last year. And Rob, if Rob, Duff. if yeah. I'm pretty sure if they had won the World Series, he probably would have gotten a ring anyway. I think that's how it works. That's how it works. I think so because like, just, just if you get awesome. traded or cut mid season or whatever, you're a part of it. It's just awesome. Yeah, it's it's hilarious to think about. Um, I mean, so I I think whoever wins the NL Central, I re- unfortunately I think Milwaukee's solid. Milwaukee, they the just, Cardinals they have, are solid, but they have hitting problems. The Brewers do right, but it's just they oh they definitely do. And their but pitching their core, pitching, their pitching core is you know absurd. Just one of the best, even without Hater. Right, and. They just, I, it's, but it feels like teams. There's no like, well-rounded team all across the league, minus a couple. Houston, they lost Verlander, but they can easily replace him with that impeccable farm system that well, they have. With, with the Mets, with the Mets losing Diaz, they lose that a little bit. The Their Mets bullpen lost is still Diaz, solid. and you know they have made a lot of improvements with their bullpen. I, I would say the. Padres are about as well-rounded as But the as Padres are probably one of the most well-rounded teams. I mean, their bullpen's incredible. Yes. You know, I their, think... their lineup is incredible. Their right. starting pitcher, I don't know if I'd call them incredible, but 
They're very, very solid. No. The Phillies also added a bunch of nice starters. Oh, they got too. Matt Carpenter? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I love Matt Which Carpenter. Which is why I'm telling you, the Padres are probably going to win that division. I wouldn't be surprised. I no, mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't be either at this point, but oh, their rotation is not what I thought it was. What, the Padres? Yeah. Oh, Musgrove's injured right now. Yeah, that's why. But that's still... Put him in there, and it's still pretty good. Yeah, I no, I mean, I mean, Darvish... Darvish, uh, Blake Snell, Michael Wacha, Seth Lugo. Solid. That's solid. Yeah. yeah. Throwing Musgrove. Yep. I mean, their bullpen is 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 nuts. Oh, they have Brent Honeywell. Oh. Remember Brent Honeywell? I remember Brent yeah. Honeywell. I mean, Hayter um, and Pomerantz is injured right now, but they have Hayter and Pomerantz. Yeah. I mean, that's a... Robert Suarez. I mean, they, they, they're a very talented team. And if the Mets um, didn't lose Diaz, I would argue they have the best pitching staff. I still think the they OB. might. I still think they might. It's, I mean, given the top of their rotation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Scherzer, then Verlander, and then you, you add in, like, Carlos Carrasco, David Peterson. Um, you know, you have, like, Carrasco is, like, three. Right. Or five. There's no in between. And I think the and the Phillies lost Reese Hoskins, which the is going to hurt them. Did lose Reese Hoskins. Derek Hall is solid, but losing Reese Hoskins hurts them a He's lot. He's a big morale guy. Oh, 100 percent. And he also just hits taters. Yeah, he did. In the and the Phillies loves him. Yeah, Philly, yeah. And, and I mean they don't have uh, they don't have Harper right away, but he'll come back. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean look at us talking about all these like great teams. Yeah. Can we just talk about uh, some other teams that we think are just going to stink it up? Sure. I just too? I forgot that Craig Kimber went to the Phillies, but we can talk about really bad teams. Uh huh. Like what are the uh, Red Sox doing? Red Sox are a disaster. What are they doing? They had they, they had the know. second biggest uh, revenue last year. Yeah. Out of teams in the MLB, yeah. second. Yeah. And what are they doing? Uh, Off, they're just getting rid of everyone. Besides they just Devers. aren't paying anyone. Yeah, but it's like, are they even going to extend Devers? They did. They did? Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. That was the thing. Okay. Like, but they extended him. but They, they got Yoshida. They left um, uh, Bogarts go. Yeah. And, he's a, he's a and they're like, you know now. what we're going to do? We're going to sign another third baseman that's 39 years old. Justin Turner. Yeah. Yeah. And Trevor Story, Trevor Story isn't going to play until probably, like, whenever. Their catcher's Reese McGuire. Do you remember Reese McGuire? Reese McGuire. Do you remember, what he, do you remember him? Yeah. For what he did? In the parking lot? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you don't know about Reese McGuire, go Google it. It's a funny story. Yeah, he definitely... Let knock your pants off. Yes. Um, but it's just so... I mean, look at what they did the, to the Yankees two years ago. Yeah. Also, their pitching staff is bad. Do you know who they're starting on opening day? Not Chris Sale. Nope. Corey Kluber. 37-year-old Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber. Yeah. Starting for the, starting for yep. the Red Sox. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. They also got Kenley Jansen. They did. I forgot about he's that. Not, he's not a Brave anymore. Nope. It wasn't at the end of last year. Oh, he was. He was a Brave. He played with the Dodgers before that. He did. God. Yeah. Like, okay. he made his yeah, career with the Dodgers. I'm getting there. He went to the Braves. The Red Sox also have uh, Raul Mondesi. Oh. Adelberto Mondesi. Wow. Who also won't be playing for a while. But they traded for Mondesi, and they were just like, all right, we're going to let Bogarts walk. Okay, we're going to let Bogarts go. And we're going to um, get this guy that's played like five games our, in the last five years. Our fan base is starting to really hate us, mm-hmm. and as well as every other team owned by the Fenway Sports Group. So, mm-hmm. who knows? We might have an inter intra-organizational revolution on our hands yeah, and against I, the Fenway Sports Group. And the Nationals are even worse. The Nationals, I, I, I think, cannot tell you a single person on that team anymore. I think they're going to lose 120 games. You want to play Let's Name That Nat? Sure. Okay. Uh, who do you think is playing first base for the Nationals this year? Uh, Joe Smith. No, you got the last name right. No shit. Yeah. Who? Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith. Oh, legend. he went to the Nationals. I he's forgot. Ba- he's batting second for oh the Nationals. Oh, my God. League. I forgot the, he went to Washington. You'll, you'll know some of these names. Uh, Dominic Smith. Joey Meneses. Oh, Joey Meneses? Meneses. Okay, he's going to be fine. Corey Dickerson. Corey Dickerson. Batting cleanup. No oh, shit. Allegedly. Goddamn. Kybert Ruiz, the former Dodgers prospect. CJ CJ Robles. CJ Abrams. See, they got a bunch of good prospects. Victor Robles. But they're just not up yet. They're not good. So they're not great. Michael Chavez. Remember him? I remember Michael Chavez. Uh-huh. Patrick Corbin will be their opening day starter. I'm not surprised. He stunk it up last year, though. He's been the worst pitcher in baseball the last two years. awful. Statistically, 100% the worst pitcher in baseball the last two years. Uh-huh. Uh, and they also got Josiah Gray from the Dodgers in the Trey Turner deal, and they have Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore. Yeah. What so a name. They're just collecting all the they're prospects just, right. that have been injured and haven't really panned out. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. We talk about the Reds owner making fun of his fans. Yeah, yeah, no, that's terrific. He's that's like, what baseball's all about. He's like, 
Um, this was, for those of you that don't know, the Reds' owner, just incompetent, right? Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, that team is a dumpster fire. Did you know they have Will Myers now? <laughs> the Reds? Yeah. It's batting third. <laughs> there was a fan event that the owner showed up for and yeah. gave a whole big presentation um, about, you know, how, like, you know, it actually doesn't make sense for you to support our team. Um, so go fuck off. Stop. <laughs> don't. Stop, stop supporting don't our support team. us. Because uh, statistically, like half of the teams in the league don't win the World Series or something like so that. So stop paying attention so to us. So stop paying attention to us. Like, don't, I don't actually don't want to make don't, money. I don't. Like, don't worry about us. Like, just go fuck off. Don't worry about what I'm doing. I and thought I'm Joey like, Votto retired, by the way. I thought he did too, but yeah, I guess not. Yeah. He's still back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I don't understand what the Reds are doing. Dude, their team is so bad. They're still paying Ken Griffey. He will be the fourth highest paid red this year. Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. who last played really when I was one. For the Reds. For the Reds. No. 2000. He okay. last played in 2000 for the Reds. Sure. And he, he still He was on paid. the Mariners 2001 team, but sure. Well, I know he wasn't. He signed with the Reds. In two, he, it's been a very long time. I don't know how long it's been. He has a deferred contract since 2001 He's, with the yes, Reds. Yes, yes, he signed it in 2001. 2000. Oh, he signed it in 2000. Yes. Yeah, he he signed a, with he the Reds in deferred, 2000, and he's still getting paid. He has a deferred contract from the Reds in 2000. This is some Bobby Bonilla shit. Shout out, oh my god, Bobby Bonilla Day? I celebrate it. Uh, we should. I celelebrate it. With a Bobby Bonilla bobblehead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of these teams really don't... I, I wish the Marlins would go get some... I know you don't wish they would, but they should go get no, some hitters. Like, Their pitching staff is so good. I don't wish a team to be awful, right. unless I just specifically, like, really hate it. Like, it's difficult to say, like, as a sports fan, yeah. like, how you hate another team. Yeah. It's like, you can't control what they do. No, that's true. You know? But, like, in my case, like, that team would be the Atlanta Braves, where it's like, God, they're just so good at what they're doing. At all times. And it's like, sure, the Mets are also doing fine yeah. right now. But you know they did win the they won their first World Series two yep. years ago, yep. which stings yep. a little bit. The you know, uh, the Mets still have more, but they were ancient now. So yep. you know that you know baseball fans like to look at the recent compared to the past. The Braves have Ozzy Albies hitting six. The man. Braves <laughs> are just doing what sports organizations are going to do for years now because of this model. They have team-friendly, long-term deals. They signed Sean Murphy, mm-hmm. one of the best catchers in the league, mm-hmm. for six years, $73 million. Uh Let's not forget either that they are going to get Mike Soroka back sometime this year. Uh-huh. Kyle Wright's on the aisle right now. Like, they're going to get... They have... And then the Oscar Yanoa. Yeah. They have seven legitimate starters. And their bullpen is filthy. Yes. Minter, Jimenez, Colin McHugh. They got Kirby Yates. Don't remember that happening. It's just the thing with they the, signed Lucas Lucky. The thing from with the, the Braves, it's the fans. The Braves fans. Uh, oh, okay, let's go. Are bring it on. The Braves fans are. They should feel entitled. Suck it, Atlanta. Right. I mean, the Mets collapse last year is historic and it's going to be talked about forever. Yeah, they deserve it. And you know, it sucks, right? They do. But you know, it's just it's brutal. To talk to a Braves fan during the season. It is brutal. I don't know it. I know like one. What? I know like one Braves fan. Well, yeah, from up here. You're not yeah. going to know a Braves fan. Do you fan. just like go down to Atlanta and just like No, hang like out specifically talking bars? about. No, social media. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I don't. Oh, right, yeah. Twitter. Twitter. It gets violent. And, you know, it's just. It War of the disruptive. Works. And, you know, it. Credit to all sports, right? It brings out sometimes the best in us, and it brings out the worst in us. Correct. And all s- fan relationships in baseball, depending on team, like you are just so loyal to a team. Yep. Whereas if someone else is loyal to a team that you don't particularly like, like we bring up uh, rivalries of old, mm-hmm. or even new rivalries forming, Yankees Astros. Yep. Those two fan bases hate each other. Yep. Right. Correct. Right. I think everyone hates the Astros, but cor- even more so, yes, correct. So. You know, Yankees, Red Sox, uh, Dodgers, Giants. You know, the, these are prime example examples of where people have gotten violent. Yeah. People have died because of their fandom of sports. That's yeah, Dodgers, Giants. Which, like I said earlier, sports brings out the best in us, and it also brings out the worst in us. So this season, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, especially with how loaded the top three teams of the NL East are. Yeah. 
how the Astros and Mariners and Rangers all, you know, got better. And that. The A's are a dumpster fire. The A's are a dumpster fire. The Name Reds the are a dumpster fire. The, Cub, the Cubs and uh, the Cubs. Cubs and tried a little though. The Cubs, they they Cody got Cody Bellinger, Jamison Tyone. They, they, they tried a little. a little bit. Right. They spent some money. Right. Um, I want you to name the A's opening day starter. Oh God. He has .046 MLB service time. Nick Moore. Yes. All right, guys, I'm out of here. We'll be right back. Kyle Muller. Kyle Muller? Mm-hmm. Don't act like you know who that is. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have some, uh, they have, followed by Shintaro Fujinami. Love it. Mm-hmm. Ken Waldachuk, former Yankee great. Mm. They basically just... It, oh, Kodai Senga. I was th- like... This Kodai Senga, yeah. Not yeah, 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 yeah. to <laughs> cut you off. No, that's okay. We need to talk about the ace. This entire time, I was like, who is the Mets' third starter that they got just this year? Kodai Senga. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, my brain feels so the much better. It goes for it. Mine doesn't. My brain feels so much better. Shout out to allergies. Just destroying my life right oh, now. No, I mean, you're going you're going through some stuff, man. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, Jake. Yeah. Opening day is this week. We're going to have a lot more to talk about with baseball Yeah. as the season progresses. Obviously, everyone knows that it's a long season. Right on. Right on. So, um, with that out of the way, I think it's best if we move from the baseball talk because we can talk about baseball forever. There's just a couple more things we want to talk about this episode, specifically um, some NBA stuff real quick. You know, Joel Embiid is playing out of his mind. He like is. We, we had hoped he would during our um, All-Star coverage. Yep. And, you know, Luca, what's going on in Dallas right now? The Kings? Luca, li- Luca literally said, I've never had less fun playing basketball in my life. The Coincidence King- that six weeks ago they traded for Kyrie Irving and they're losing all their games now? We're going to talk about it. Mm. Um, but the Kings are in the playoffs. Bron miraculously recovering from his foot injury. He said he went and saw the LeBron James of foot doctors. Uh-huh. And then to end the show, we got some quick football stuff. Mm-hmm. And... You have a message at the end of the show that you're going to share. But we'll get there when we get there. Um, In the meantime, Jake, um, let's get into the NBA. So with the NBA, Nick, I would say that Joel Embiid right now is kind of taking over the MVP race. It's a three-man It's a three man race. It's a three-man race still. It's Embiid, Jokic, mm-hmm. and Giannis, like always. Yep. The, the difference, I mean, Embiid's the scoring leader in the NBA right now, again. Right. He's dominating on, on offense and defense. The Sixers have been winning a lot of games. However, the last... Over the weekend, they're starting to go through their tough stretch. They're playing a lot of really good teams. And they've lost some of those games. They have. They're now four games behind the Bucks. Uh-huh. They're behind the Nuggets. Not far behind. They're second in the East. Right? Third. Third. The, they were second. Oh, the, the Celtics They've lost a couple first. yet. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Celtics are second. The Bucks oh. are first. Um, oh, so I mean, right, 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 right. So, I mean, Giannis plays, has similar numbers on the best team in the NBA. Hard to dispute against him. Hard to dispute. But I think Embiid has just been so dominant when he's on the floor. The problem is... He hasn't played as much. He's, Jokic is almost averaging a triple double. He's hurt right now. Yeah, he's, he's not he's playing supp- tonight against Jokic. He's and he dominated right. Jokic earlier in the season. He did. This would I, be this would be one of those matches where voters would look at and be like, okay, if he who? if he played tonight and he, I apologize for no, go ahead. If he played tonight and he dominated Jokic twice, I think it would be with how statistically good he's been. Uh-huh. He's averaging thirty three points. Over 10 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, almost right. 2 blocks. It's easier, and I'm biased here, 76ers yep. fans, Yeah, but it's easier to make the argument for Embiid over Giannis yep. because just how much better overall the Bucks team is, Correct. I would say. The only... the. I but did, with Jokic, it's yep. tough because he's in the he's in a completely different conference. Yep. He's on his own tear. Yep. I mean, he's won it two years in a row now yep. over Joel Embiid. Correct. You know, and last year it kind of felt the same way, whereas Joel was kind of dominating, but there was Jokic. Right. You know, like here's Joel Embiid, but there was Jokic. Right. But now this year, I mean, if like you said, if he was playing tonight, it'd be different because he would have the chance to play well against him again. And if even if he doesn't, you know, I still think voters would give Embiid a chance this year compared to years past. Given given the conversations that have been had and the turmoil, especially in national media right. surrounding this MVP conversation, you know, people have been fired over this talk. People have been, you know, disciplined over this talk. Talking about it, it brings race into this. And sure, you can bring in that argument if you want, but I don't think it's a part of the conversation. No. I don't think the I don't think the reason people were bringing up race into it is equivalent into the talent that both of these players have and their style of basketball. I mean, look at we're talking about three big men in the MVP race, not from America again. Yeah, you know, three big three big men 
from, 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 from across the globe, different countries, different continents, different continents, mm-hmm. who are in the MVP race yep. again. I, my only quick counterpoint uh, would be that Giannis uh, has played majority of the season without Chris Middleton, and even when Chris Middleton has played, he a hasn't been as good, Fair. and b hasn't. Um, played more than 30 minutes in, I think, like 70% of those games. So Giannis has carried the load, has the best record. They went on a tear there for a while, and it was all Giannis. Right. That's my – I mean, they have a better team, I'd say, but – I would still – They're play. all in similar situations, but yeah. they'll have one or two I solid players. right now it's still Embiid's to lose. Correct. Or if a he's, better way to say it, it's still Embiid's to win. Correct. I don't think it's his to lose. To, to win would be a good way to put that. Right. I agree. Because to lose would be yeah. obviously put Jokic up there. Correct. Or even Giannis you'd throw in there. Right. But it's still Embiid's to win. Right. Because I think he's still that guy right now. Correct. Um, but more 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 MVP stuff later. Luca's really pissed off. In yeah, Dallas he said this game. is the least fun he's ever had playing basketball in his life. Um, Kyrie pointed a fan out yesterday and was like, Kick him out. He walked the ref over there from the other side of the court. It's like this guy, and he walks in my face, like apologize, apologize. But that's what I thought, and like walks away. So this is what the fifth team in like six years that Kyrie is completely imploded. It just completely there's drama. Yeah. I mean, they they the the Mavs are just not they were like a well. five seed when he got there, yeah. and they're out of the playing tournament. They're out of the playing. They would not be right in now. the playoffs. Uh-huh. And that's, remember that first game together? Yeah, I they, mean they, they, they tra- both went off. Yeah, and then they traded. I mean they traded everyone. Right. I'm sure Luca liked those guys. I'm sure they knew him. Right. They just made you a know, surprise you, Western Conference Finals run. You trade away your core, not your core, which is obviously Luca. No. But you trade away your moral, your locker room guys mm-hmm. for Kyrie Irving, who has had a history of disrupting locker rooms. And on paper, it was a solid idea. Right. You know, pair Luca with a guy who can also it's do just, it. You know, he's done it before with Bron. It's not good to hear Lucas say that publicly. No, and he so it's uh it's not good. Also, I love Luca. Luca can have a temper on him too. Luca, yeah, he can. So he I don't think get, he can get in there. Personality wise, I can understand why there's a mix. Looking back on it, I mean hindsight's always twenty twenty. I guess Luca wants to be that guy in Dallas, but mm-hmm. Kyrie just can't let him. Right, he just cannot. And I'm sure it's a it's a difficult situation. Um, the Kings they back right. in the playoffs. The Mavs might be out of the playoffs right now, but the Kings are definitely in. Correct, they're the second seed. The, Third. Third seed now? Yeah. Oh, they were the second seed. The, the Grizz are the, the second seed right now. Oh. So if it stays that way, the Kings would have to play the Warriors in the first round, which would be very unfortunate because that would not go well for the Kings. That would not. That would be the unless, spot, unless doomsday they were, scenario. Unless they had more home games. The Warriors have not been that team on the road this year. Oh, that's true. They would have more home games because they'd be the higher seed. They would, so not, that's, they would not have... I mean, the Warriors are... Two, you flip a coin, yeah. if it lands home, yeah. oh my God, look out for the Warriors. Yeah, it's just... It's just um, also... Fuck De'Aaron Fox for saying that he doesn't like college basketball and that it's terrible and he can't watch it. Right. Did you see that? I did see that. That's a stupid. I, I heard that. That's dumb. Screw you. You made a name Fox. for yourself in this tournament. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. I mean, you're great at basketball, but shut up. Right. Um. Right. And Sabonis, by the way, is also on pace to do something only Wilt and Jokic have done in the history of basketball. Oh. To average, I I think it's averaging seven assists a game as a center. God damn. Yeah. So I mean, he's also playing out of his mind. Indiana Pacers legend. Yeah. And his dad also. And his dad also. Dad left shrimp. Yeah. No, nope, that's not his dad. No. That's Arvid Sabonis. Sorry. <laughs> he played for the Blazers. We're, we're throwing out this very, very niche European basketball centers right now. No. Um, Shout out Dead Left Trump. Um, <laughs> he played for the Pacers, that's why. Yeah. Um, and then, speaking of the Western Conference playoffs, the Lakers. The Lakers. Dumpster fire. It's, I don't know They're what's going on. They're too small, according to Pat Beverly. Last Direct week, quote. Last week they were playing fine. I blame Even Ben great, anyway. Did you see that he did the, the, the powder shit? Yeah. From coming off the bench? Yeah. It's a clown move, Bron. Yeah. He, he came out. So LeBron hurt his foot, I don't know, about a month ago. About a month ago. And he was. He about got, a month ago? He was supposed to come out during the 23 most important games of his life, according to LeBron. He was supposed to be out for the rest of the season they said but he said he went and saw a couple doctors went and saw this he said he went and saw quote the lebron james of foot doctors <laughs> and that they've never seen anyone recover from a foot injury the way quite the way lebron does the foot doctor the foot doctor okay yeah and i guess he just made this miraculous recovery because he's jesus because he is lebron uh-huh he's not even jesus he's better la god la god <laughs> but before he came back right yeah austin reeves was bawling yeah. So was Anthony Davis, finally. My favorite thing about Austin Reeves is they asked about his impending free agency, and he's like, I want to make as much money as I can and go to the best situation for me. Uh-huh. And I was like, yes. That's a smart-ass answer. Oh, hell yes, yes, Austin Reeves. That is the best That's answer. what I'm talking about. Go get your Caruso on. Go get your Caruso bag. 
Um, but speaking of Caruso, mm-hmm. this team, the Bulls, Caruso, came in yep. and just completely disrupted every every ounce of momentum. Pat Bev gave him the too small. Right. Pat Bev just he, talking shit to Shannon Sharp on the sideline. He was like, fucking love it. He's like, they uh, they tried to use me as a spoon and I'm a fork. And I was like, great analogy, Pat Bev. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, he showed to Shannon Sharp on the sideline. He was like, he pinched his nose. He was like, your team smells. Your, your team stinks. <laughs> Y'all stank. Y'all fucking stank. That's Even so though he was funny. on that team earlier so funny. this year. Like literally five weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's great. And so the West is still a, a, a shit show. The West is still a seven through fire. twelve. The Warriors, like I said earlier, they're playing really well at home, but they cannot repeat that success on the road. Correct, but the difference is is it's Steph playoff Steph for playoff one. Playoff Steph. If you give me Steph, playoff Steph one game in Sacramento, right? I'm in. Yeah. Um. So that re- that regular season is coming to an end. Yep. And I'm excited about NBA playoff basketball. So as this regular season comes to an end, the NFL the NFL new is league season has started. Coming up. Yep. Right. And one of the big talking points is still Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Who this the league the the new league office here yep. they, they met. All the GMs, coaches. All the GMs and coaches yep. owners, they all met. The owners meetings, I think, is what they're called. Yes. And the Jets had some words on Rodgers, Jake, that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I, I follow Rich Samini on Twitter. He's the like basically the official Jets reporter. Um he basically was saying that, you know, so there was news on Lamar today, which we'll get to. Essentially, the Jets are good waiting for Rodgers as long as they need to. Um, Zach Wilson's their number two quarterback. Those are a direct quote from Robert Salo. He's our number two quarterback, which is music to my ears. We all knew it, but it's good to hear it uh, mm-hmm. officially. Yep. Um, basically, they're waiting for Rodgers. Um, they're not going to pursue another quarterback until they know for... Did the, Joe Douglas say anything? Joe, this, These are Joe Douglas's words. Word. That, he, okay. that they are not going to pursue anyone else in good faith because they don't want to... They're not trying to leverage somebody. It's not good business. They're, they have a good relationship with the Packers and what they're doing with Aaron Rodgers. So they're going to see that through. For some reason, it falls through. Then maybe we'll see where it goes. But right now, all of their attention is focused on Aaron Rodgers. They're going to do what they have to do. Right. My understanding is that the difference is the Packers want 13 and the Jets don't want to part with 13. Yeah. Which is completely reasonable on both ends. Completely reasonable. I Actually, I don't think it's very reasonable. The Packers want 13. He's mm-hmm. 39 and wants to retire every year. It's They're a bit at much. 15, too. Yeah. So it's like you'd be going up. You'd also be getting two spots ahead of you. Yeah, getting two. Yeah, it's. I, I understand that they're trying to gauge his mm-hmm. overall value, but I don't first think round next year right now. maybe. Well, if they want a second this year and a first round next year. Maybe. Maybe. But I, I don't want – and Joe's not just going to give it up. And that's sure. what we've learned is Joe isn't going to do whatever Joe doesn't want to do. Uh-huh. Um, also, Robert Sala had some really cool words about Alan Zard, just about how, like, he's the type of dude they want in there. So everything is just – we're rolling. He was talking about the new additions and Chuck Clark and, and Nicole Hardman. He said they asked him what McCole Hardman brings to the Jets, and all he said was gas. Gas. That's it. And I was That's like, it. all right, I'm in. Gas me um, up, son. I like what they're doing. It's ready, but it's officially like it's it's as if we didn't know right. from from the from the horse's mouth, Rogers or bust. It's just it's so interesting how yep. all of this happened. Yep. The first start of the owners' meetings. Correct. And we learn through a Twitter post from Lamar Jackson from he, the from the horse's mouth from the horse's mouth. He requested a trade from the Ravens March second. So At the beginning of this month before the. Before the trade de- before the trade opened Be- up, before, before the new league year, yeah. he requested a trade from the Ravens. And throughout all that time, people were wondering, why aren't the Ravens doing anything? Why aren't they doing anything? Because they're trying to find trade partners for right. this Lamar guy. Which is also why, now we understand why they did a, a, non, a non-tendered franchise non-tendered tag. Non-tendered franchise Because it's like, okay, he can just go negotiate on his own, and he can see what his market is. Uh-huh. And if he wants to sign with them, cool, they can get Because remember, Lamar Jackson doesn't have a representative. He is his agent. So... Yeah. You know, and there was yeah, a no. whole debacle with that guy in Florida, who, Ken something, who was building Lamar like a gym in his home or something. And yeah, people, he was negotiating with people. Teams. Thought he was like negotiating with teams yeah. about Lamar, but I guess no, he was no, just, he's just he was just talking partners. with teams about you know Lamar's like fitness routines and something like that what can he put in his gym or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just all it was all. Yeah. Um, so I mean, so that's one like, of the teams that Lamar is p- probable to be traded to is Mike McDaniel's team. The Miami Dolphins. Really? Yes. Yeah. He's in the top five of teams. I mean, that makes sense. Who, but he's yeah, from it's Florida. Like, it's um, it's that's the, not cool. I don't want them to do that. The Bucks, the Colts, the, the Patriots, Commanders. the Commanders, and yeah. the Meek Mill texted Robert Miami. Kraft saying that Lamar wants to play. There's going to the be a lot of more yeah. Lamar Jackson news coming yeah. up, and I'm really excited to talk about it. And 
just really quick before we get to the end of the show, Jake. Mike McDaniel. Yeah, it was just a funny quote. Though, he was just saw. a really funny, funny guy. Jalen Ramsey. Remember Jalen Ramsey? He was like, he's just a weird dude. Just a weird him. dude. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about this? Sure. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's just a quick little clip. They they were talking about the sale of the potential sale of the Commanders. Mike the, McDaniel the, was the on commanders? the staff with. Uh, Shanahan and McVeigh right. and, and I guess the commanders and, have like an insane valuation. It's like three, four billion or something like that. Right. It's like over four billion dollars for a shitty stadium yeah. and just a, a corporation that is just trash. Yeah. So they asked Mike McDaniel about it at Coach's Day and he was like, damn, they're worth that much? And it's just like a silence for like five seconds. He's like, I couldn't even get a free coffee. Yeah. And it's just like a funny... He's right. I mean, it's He's just right. It's a funny look into like from, from a very honest and like upfront but kind of awkward guy to just... Throw it out there and be like, okay, yeah, this pretty much perfectly reflects the commanders. It's just a funny, a funny tidbit I came across. I wanted to share. Right. Um, but I think honestly, Jake, we talked about a lot today. Yeah. It might have sounded like gibberish for most of it. Well, that's what it usually sounds like, that's at least what, for me. I mean, that's what we usually think this sounds like. So, yeah. if you are listening this far into the podcast, we appreciate you. Yeah. Um, it's been. We are now two months into this adventure. Yep. And you know, I wouldn't. I mean, I've had a lot of fun doing this so far. Oh yeah, I, can't, I thoroughly enjoy I, it. I can't for wait sure. to keep going. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked a lot about March Madness. We're going to talk about that at the start of next episode, too, just because it's the most prevalent thing. But yep. Jake and I, we're going to bounce around. We're going to do different things here and there. Baseball is going to be starting after at the start of next episode. And yep. That's going to be really exciting. Who knows what happens with Lamar? He might be traded after the, after this episode airs. A lot, of, a lot of draft talk the coming weeks. So um, before I send it off to Jake for his, yep. for his personal message here at the end. Um, I just want to remind you all, you know, follow us on Twitter, Up Air Podcast, and TikTok, Up Air Podcast. Um, yep. That might be banned, so we don't know if that's going to be sticking that's around anymore. fine. We'll go back to Vines. We'll go back to Vine, Musical.ly, uh, MySpace, whatever. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for Ready? joining us for this episode eight. And Jake. Yes. I, I just send have a, it to you, buddy. I just have a quick personal message I want to uh, set out there. Um, now, this is going to be extremely personal. Uh, I, we talked about it a little bit the first episode. Um, I'm from a little town called Geneva, New York, in upstate New York. Nick and I are both from upstate New York, but specifically Geneva. Um, spent my whole life there. Um, football has been a very important part of my life. And the Geneva football community on Thursday evening um, lost the varsity head coach. His name was Larry Guerry. Um, going forward, I'm going to refer to him as Coach G just because it's a mouthful. Um, Coach G has been the varsity coach at Geneva for a couple years now. Um, he passed away unexpectedly. Um, he's played an important part in my life, and not just my life, my family's life, and not just my family's life, but my community's life. Um, for anyone that knew Coach G, like actually really knew him, he had a, a huge heart, a heart of gold, and he lived and breathed football, specifically in the Geneva community. Um, he was the president of the Youth Football League for a decade plus. He was the head of the, the Little League there. He gave dozens of kids rides to every practice, weight room. He didn't skip a day. He watched film every day. He talked about it every day. He lived, and he changed kids' lives. And not just kids that, that don't usually get opportunities that Coach D provided them. He had, I mean, if any of you know him or his kids, they spent days at a time in his house with his kids and he was just a pillar of a community that shaped me into who I am um coach G gave me a, uh, the opportunity to coach football again um spend that year my my little brother's senior year with him coaching him the entire time it's something I'll never forget it's something I can't thank him enough for um he's one of my dad's best friends um he meant a lot to a lot of people and uh he will be missed and I just wanted to get it out there now that we have this platform to just try to shine the light on an incredible person who was taken to us to taken from us too soon. Um, just give him a thank you that I never actually really got to give him. So he meant a lot to a lot of people. Strong words, Jake. May you rest in peace. Yes. A little heavy hitter to end the episode, but it's important. Yeah, very important. No, I mean th these are the conversations that. I mean, this is what sports do, and this is why sports mean so much to me, specifically football. Football has taught me a lot about life, mm -hmm. a lot a lot, a lot about camaraderie. You know, I had great parents growing up. They are always around. Not all of these kids have parents that are there and are around or come from good situations. It's, a lot of them have two strikes when they get up to bat, you yeah, know? It's hard and to Coach find G did everything he like could that. 
for any kid that he could to benefit their life in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And there's not many people like that. And there is going to if anyone that lived within a 20 mile radius of Geneva that touched a football field in Geneva has seen or heard he had a big mouth heard Coach G. Um, so he was a legend and he will be missed very, very sorely. Um, but he did a lot of good things and his legacy will, will continue on. So these are the conversations that we you know we dread to have. Yep. You know, losing a loved one like this. Yep. Um, but a powerful person leaves a powerful memory. Yes. And, you know, I I I sincerely hope he, you know, rests in peace. Yeah. So also a huge Bears fan. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That doesn't change the fact. No, no, nothing. It's, but it's, it's just a—it's still—it's a tidbit. It's a terrible loss for our it community, yep. and I never had the chance to meet him. But from how Jake has described him, and how other people have described him, and in, in years past, it's yep. a big loss for you know a not so big place. Yep. So. Go tell go tell the people you love that you love them today. Give them a hug. Absolutely. Life short, life's fragile. Absolutely. Well said, Jake. Yep. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this has been. Episode 8 of Up in the Air. Yep. Thank you for joining us. We hope to see you again next week for Episode 9. I am Nick. I'm Jake. See you next week. Hasta la pasta.